We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group and search for Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more by visiting keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. And if you haven't already, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners and, and hearing more about um, the episodes that you liked and maybe some inspiration from you on who else I should have on the show. Today's guest is Katie Corbett. She is a writer specializing in customer case studies. She has written for technology and education companies and coaches of all types. In her free time, Katie enjoys baking, reading fantasy novels, and going on road trips with her husband. Katie lives in Wisconsin and thinks cheese should be in its own food group. I definitely agree with that. Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Lori. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So first and foremost, can you share with our listeners, what is a customer case study? A customer case study is the success story of how a client or customer has gotten results through a product or service. So it's basically, it takes your happy customer from you know, how they found you, why they decided to work with you and in through that experience and um, down to the results that they got um, when they had finished working with you. So what are some characteristics of an ideal customer to feature in a case study? Yeah, so <clears throat> um, customers that make a great fit are um, they have likely told you that as that they are happy with the work that you both did together. Um, they may have recommended you to others, which is great because a customer case study is kind of a recommendation, um, so to speak. And so if they've already been recommending you to other people, they'll be um, able to give more ideal quotes for the case study. Also, if your customer has told you about a result that was particularly impactful, um, that is also a great qualifier for a customer who might make a great case study because having a great story and also pairing that with enticing data or even really great emotional benefit is uh, definitely a way to create a piece that basically shows your prospects and your, you know, your leads, what they will get if they work with you. So um, you have, you mentioned that there's four sections to a case study. I'm curious, what are uh, examples of the questions that I could ask uh, to my customers to make sure that I have information in each of those four parts? Yeah. So the first part is the introduction. So it taught, you know, that you'll want to ask a, um, your customer things like um, if so if they're if they are a business owner you'll want to ask them where is their business located what types of work do they do with their clients and customers um, how long have they been in business 
Um, and then if they're a consumer, then you'll ask them things like, you know, where, where do they live? Um, maybe how, how old they are, if they're comfortable sharing that. Um, it's sometimes people's hobbies and interests can um, be good to know about just to kind of make it a little more personable. Um, yeah, so th those are the basic introduction questions. And then we get into the challenge part. And the challenge part basically talks about what challenges they were looking to solve. And um, so I usually ask that, you know, what was the, what was the challenge you were looking to solve? Um, why did you um, choose to have someone else like help you solve your problem? Um, how were you solving your problem before you found the, the product or service that ended up being the solution? Um, and then we get into you know, your business because um, we'll want them to, we'll want to have a little information about you and your business and why they chose you. So that, uh, that can come, you know, asking them, how did you learn about um, the solutions? Why did you specifically choose to work with this, uh, with my company? Uh, if you're doing the interview yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and then, <clears throat> and then of course, the most impactful section it can be is the results. Um, so a few questions that I usually ask are, uh, what are some qualitative results that you've experienced? So that gets really into those emotions, those feelings. What are some quantitative results that you've experienced as a result of the work, which gets into the numbers? And then um, another question I love is, tell me about a time when the work we did made a real difference. Because that can open up a whole story of, you know, oh, well, you know, I was just spending all my time answering emails, but with the autoresponder that your company provides, I now have a ton of time to do other things, you know, to do the work that I love and I'm really happy. So it can, um, that question can be really open-ended and um, give the uh, readers an idea of how it looks in the day-to-day you know, how the, how the results can impact them on a day-to-day. -day. And then I always ask too, um, why would you recommend this business to others? Um, and, and then that is a great, you know, it's a great question because it, sometimes they'll even say, well, yeah, I have, <laughs> I have sent referrals or I have recommended this, this business to other people and here's why. And it kind of, it kind of touches on the warmth that a person can experience in your customer service or in the way that you solved problems, or just in your approach in general, that doesn't always get captured in the results. Mm -hmm. So those are the four sections. And those are some questions that can help you make sure that you're covering your bases when you're creating your case studies. Oh, that's, that's great. I think that's a great foundation for a solid case study. And I love the questions. I think that's really tactical information that our listeners can definitely take away. Um, this is a great time to have a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. 
Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. So Katie, my purpose and mission with this show is to help alleviate any fears that people may have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Hmm. I think one of my favorites might have been, um, I attended a networking event online um, in 2020 and the, the prompts um, that it was just, it was a really fun and really interactive networking event. Like they asked questions like if your business were an emoji, put the emoji that you would, you'd, your, that would represent your business into the chat. And that was just super fun because it, it really highlighted um, each of our businesses in a really unique way. And it brought up some important aspects of our branding and messaging that doesn't always, you know, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't always come out in, in your own logo or in your own, um, in your own storytelling. Um, mine was a megaphone emoji, by the way, because um, I, I see my business as a business that champions and cheers on the success of other businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just fun to really connect with people from that uh, networking event afterward and have one-on-ones with them and have that insight into just the fun, creative businesses that they are. Sure. I love that. I think that's great. And um, I know a lot of people got really creative with regards to networking, you know, during uh, the pandemic and um Online, I just think there's a lot of really interesting, unique experiences that people have had recently. So that's fantastic. Um, how do you stay in front of and best nurture your network and your community? I love LinkedIn. Um, it is the place where a lot of my ideal customers are hanging out. And <clears throat> it's just um, a little more focused than some of the other social platforms. So I post on LinkedIn weekly. Um, and I'm also a big proponent of sending messages to people. So um, asking them to connect, asking them to hop on a quick call to get so we can get to know each other. Um, and then even, you know, there are a few, if I have conversations with people that really stand out and I really want to reconnect with them later, um, there are a couple people that I've connected with almost monthly just to, just to shoot the breeze and talk shop, especially other writers and other people in marketing. Um, I think it's really fun to share ideas and um, just talk with each other about how, how business and life are going. And um, it's, it's great to build relationships and um, just really get to know people as people. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. I, I agree. Just, you know, leveraging social media, LinkedIn, like you said, I think is a great platform to stay in front of and Sending the private messages while also being an advocate and and publishing information online is fantastic too. So Katie, what advice would you offer the business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I would say connect. There are people in, in the world who are connectors. They usually will tell you that they are a connector. Um, and if you are, uh, fortunate to have a connector in your network, um, definitely leverage that relationship. Um, and also just 
you know, set, set goals for what you can accomplish. And by that, I mean, plan to reach out to a certain number of people per day, plan to send a certain number of connection requests each week. Um, just make it really just a part of your everyday business routine and business practices. And that will help your network grow. Also, I've had success joining groups uh, with people who, uh, groups of people who are in either my target audience or just who are in my field, um, parts of marketing groups and writing groups. And people will connect to you in a group as well. And that's great because it doesn't, um, if you're looking at the members of a group, you can send messages to them, if, even if you're not connected um, on a first level connection basis. And it doesn't count against your searches either if you're connecting with people from groups. So that's helpful. Yeah, and I, I like um, the idea that you said, like, find the connectors. I always kind of refer to that as the hub and spoke strategy. You know, like, who are the hub people that have all the relationships and, and really trying to foster those relationships and, and winning those, I think, is a great way to really grow your network fast. Definitely. I have a, a connector in my network who has sent me over 20 people <laughs> And um, a couple of those have turned into opportunities where we've worked together. So um, yeah, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Hmm. I would tell myself not to be afraid to freelance and do writing jobs for people. It took me a long time to think of myself as a freelancer. And I think part of that had to do with just the way the internet developed and the way that um, freelancing became a little more well-known in the area where I was living at the time uh, as I grew a little older. But yeah, I would just, I would tell myself to just, um, just not be afraid to reach out to people and um, network with people. I don't think I understood the value of networking quite as much as I do now. So yeah, don't be afraid. That's, that's my main message for my 20 year old self. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it, there's a lot of fear that, and that's again, why I like um, having this topic is there's a lot of fear around networking. I think it's so important to just, um, you have to try, you know, and, I, and if you don't try, you're never going to know if you're going to succeed or fail. So yeah. I, yeah, another thing that really has helped me, and I think the um, this is partly sparked by the pandemic and also because in 2019, I joined a, a group of, um, it was a networking group. And <clears throat> I am an introvert. The most horrifying thing that I could do is walk into a room full of strangers and try to talk to people. And I, I had done that and I had been willing to do that and it was, it was all right, you know, but I found that getting into one-on-one -on -one networking and just like finding ways to connect with people in a space and in a way that's comfortable for me. I mean, there's no, nothing, there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with making networking something that's comfortable for you because if you're comfortable 
people are going to be attracted to that and they are going to be more comfortable and it's just going to make the conversation flow a lot more smoothly. Totally. I agree with that hundred percent. So, um, let's talk about the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Hmm. Um, I would love to connect with, oh boy, there's a lot of people. I would say probably Tim Ferriss because he is a huge, he's been a huge inspiration to me. Um, I read one of his books and I had so much energy. I didn't know what to do with it that I like went skydiving with a friend because I just had to get the energy out. It was great. Um, and six degrees of separation. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, one of my coworkers moved to Austin, Texas, and I know Tim either does live or used to live in Austin. Uh So maybe one of, (laughs) one of my coworkers friends knows him, you know, I don't know, but, um, I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere along the line, he and I probably know, you know, we, we probably do know people who know people, um, especially since I've been floating a little more in entrepreneurial spaces these days. Yeah. I'm sure if you started digging, you'd find some opportunity to make that. Yeah. If you know, Tim Ferriss, That's step you, one, uh, right? Yeah. The universe. <laughs> Connect on LinkedIn and I'd love to like have a chat with him and tell him how much his books inspired my life. And, you know, it, yeah, that would be great. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So Katie, what is something you'd like to ask me? Mm. I would say, um, what is the success that you are the most proud of? Oh, that's big. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, the fact that uh, I guess reflecting back, I mean, I started my business in 2008 and I'm just kind of dumbfounded or just like mind blown that here it is 2021 and still trucking along. I think that's pretty impressive actually, especially mm-hmm. through a pandemic. <laughs> yeah recession pandemic you've been through a lot yeah, that's great yeah it's it's been quite the roller coaster <laughs> excellent um all right so do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network i would say <clears throat> so as you're reaching out to people and as you are connecting with people um you're going to connect with some people that you will just learn about and get to know and that's great Um, You're going to connect with some people who have something to offer you and they will help you. You're also going to connect with some people who are looking for your help. That could be they're looking to connect with someone that you know. That could also be they're looking for a service that you provide um, or even just they might be a job seeker who's looking for encouragement and, you know, you can share your story and I, um, I have found it to be such a joy to help people when I get the opportunity. So I would encourage you to keep a special watch out for the ways that you can help others as you're growing your network. I think that's 
great insights to share. So Katie, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash IN slash Katie hyphen M hyphen Corbett. Um, and send me a connection request and let me know that you heard about me on this show and I will accept your connection request and we can set up a one-on-one -on -one and have some time to chat. Sounds great. Yeah, we'll include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been really fun. Absolutely. And time always flies on these shows. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Katie for taking the time to connect with us. And if you haven't reached out and connected with me already on LinkedIn, I highly recommend you do so. Um, otherwise, we'll just see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.